This is a message to all my supporters of this podcast. I'm introducing a new supporters program. You can contribute a small amount as a one-off payment to show your love for this podcast. Thank you in advance for all your contributions. This is the Absolute Business Mindset Podcast. Created and hosted by Mark Hayward. I am a corporate employee with an entrepreneurial mindset. This podcast will help and support you with new ideas about business. These are my thoughts, ideas and comments. Today we're talking about investments. I'm going to break down the different types of investments that I think are relevant to you and I'd like to hear your response and your feedback. Thank you. Hi everyone, this is the Absolute Business Mindset Podcast. Um, I want to talk to you today about investments um, and this is for particularly into the UK. Um, I'm not sure exactly what other countries uh, will have and similarities or the differences they'll have but I'm talking about the UK in 2019. Um, So um, if you're not in the UK, maybe it'll give you some inspiration and some ideas about what you could do in your country. If not, if you are in the UK, hopefully some of this will be very relevant to you. So, um, so we're going to talk about four different areas of investments, and then they're broken down into different points within each uh, category. So, I'm going to talk about pensions. I'm going to talk about ISAs. I'm going to talk about uh, property. And I'm going to talk about the last one, which I think most people would forget, is investing in yourself. Okay, some of the things we've covered before about investing in yourself, but I think it's important just to recap on those things because they are critical for your future growth. Okay, so first thing is about pensions. So in the UK, there are two different types of pensions. There is a state pension and then there's a personal pension. So, first of all, the state pension. So, this is something that has goes all the way back to the 1950s with the state pension being um, included. Um, this used to be the re- that you used to invest in this um, on your salary, and you would pay into uh, what you guys call in other countries social security. In the UK, we call it national insurance, uh, and this is your state pension that you pay into. Previously. Uh, this used to be substantial or uh, worth more than it is now, let's say, um, because people used to retire and live on that that pension. Um, The realities of uh, lack of investment and lack of actually just um, desire from uh, the electorate and the people in the UK um, to actually have that being meaningful. Uh, people don't in the UK uh, in recent times want to pay in and pay taxes to pay for their state pension. They would prefer to have it fairly low levels. So so what you find now is the pension, is, uh, the state pension uh, to get your pension is now 67. The likelihood is with uh, the way people are working that could go up uh, to 70, maybe, maybe higher, be a bit weird if it was probably higher than 70, but the reality is if you don't have any other investments, uh, it's going to be a struggle to be able to retire on your state pension. Um, so you do need to pay. It's worthwhile paying into, um, but I wouldn't put that as a reliance on being able to um, be the only thing that you're going to be able to retire on. There are people 
that I know that are uh, coming up to uh, state pension age and and they're going to have to continue uh, working uh, because the state pension is not enough for them to be able to exist or, or, or retire on. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a it's the reality of of, of this world is that um, although useful and definitely worth paying into because you're contributing to it and it's a requirement to contribute to it if you're working. Um, I wouldn't over rely on it. And then sort of personal pensions sort of split into two. So I work for a corporate, as you're well aware, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Um, as a corporate, um, I contribute into a, a, a pension uh, provided by my company. And that is um, contributed by myself, which is uh, uh, an amount uh, which is generally between four and six percent. Um, and that is matched by the employee, uh, employer as well. So um, that actually, so, so, so let's go back to, go back a generation. So baby boomers, um, people used to pay into a, a company pension and they used to be very, very well off. So my grandfather um, had a state pension, had a company pension and was very well uh, rewarded for the type of pension that he had it was based on number of years and he worked in the same company for a very long time and um, this meant that his retirement financially was very sound and very sure he knew what he was bringing in uh, from his state and his person his sort of company pension and because it was of the number of years that he'd worked there he ended up with a very very beneficial um, reward for his pension um, what's happened in the next generation so when I started paying my pension at about 28 years old um, 27 27 27 I think it was um, there was none of that end of uh, full pension on uh, on the number of years you worked there it had all of, all of the investment, all of the pensions had turned into investments. So, so that meant that you had a pension pot, um, and you invested that as a group in your pension into stocks and shares. Um, it, it, you can do a high, medium, or low on on your investment, but essentially, your your company pension has. Um, is based on the stock market and and what people invest in. Um, So there is more um, fluidity and and, and potential downside of that. And that's why if I was given an option of an old school pension or an investment pension, I would always go for the old school pension. Um, But that's not an option in modern times. Um, The good thing is that I'm going to spend, if I keep on in corporate environments, spend um, up to about 35 years investing into that. So there is decent money that can be made out of that pension. Um, Equally, if I did something else, the the sort of other option, if you're not a corporate employee, is is to have a personal pension. Now, that is slightly different. And the only real difference is it's still invested in the stock exchange in in the way that your your corporate uh, pension um, is. But you don't have a contribution from anyone else. Um, So that's why working for a corporate and having a pension with them is really helpful because you get basically double the investment with the company matching it. 
if you had a private pension only, you would only be investing in what you are putting in. So for for me, this will be very useful for my long-term uh, retirement uh, because I will have invested quite a lot of money and there will be compounding in there. We're going to talk about compounding um, a little bit later um, on, on, on the uh, ISAs. But essentially, the, the theory of compounding, which I'll, I'll cover now actually, is that you just put it away and just ignore it and forget about it. And it compounds, it increases every year. Year on year, you invest what you've made into it. So the rule of compound is very important for investments, for long-term investments, things like pension pots. Um, so very important, um, very useful. And um, I would definitely say uh, if you were ever given the opportunity, if you were working in that sort of environment, I would jump at it just basically because they're matching your, your investments and you're doubling your investments into it. So very, very helpful. So... Um, the second point is to do with ISAs. So this again might, I don't know if this is something that um, uh, overseas uh, countries have, but an ISA is basically a tax-free way of saving. So we went into a, 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 we had previously, this was set up in about 2005, six something like that by Gordon Brown. Um, he created a way of being able to uh, save money uh, because the savings, uh, like old school savings accounts, was what people used to use. Uh, basically, the, you, you would be impacted by interest rates and by, and it basically meant you, you weren't making a lot of money out of it. So Gordon Brown, who was a Labour Chancellor and then followed on to be Prime Minister as well in the in the noughties, um he set up this ISAs. So there's two types of ISAs. There is a, a savings ISA, which is like an old school savings account, but it's tax free. Um, uh, um, I know people that put that money into that and they see the advantage of tax free. The advantage of having the second type, which is your stocks and ISAs, uh, stocks and shares ISA, is that you're actually getting investment into the stocks and shares. So you can get dividends, you can get um recoup extra money from the stock exchange performing well um, so the whole buffett uh ron buffett idea that you regularly pay into your shares um, and then forget about them ignore them let them compound to themselves invest your only profits straight back into your shares and the idea is that you will have compounding now the important thing i think the most important thing about the stocks and shares ISAs are that you actually regularly put money into them so um so the, there's two ways you can do that by fixed sums or you can do that equally by regular payments um uh, it depends on what you what type of work you do and and how your income um comes into your account whether you are doing deals and uh, and and regular payments are difficult and actually it would be more useful to every 6 months a deal goes through or whatever a period you do a deal and you then uh, put some money in there so so for me for a number of years um I would put my bonus straight into my ISA as a lump sum um i've also at times had regular uh payments into my ISAs as well um as i am an employee with income coming in i would say it's probably easier to do the 
regular payments, but it is important to regularly put money in there uh, because uh, the, the theory of compounding only really helps when you actually constantly put money into it. So I would say it's important uh, to do that. I would always recommend that you do it in the Stocks and Shares ISA, uh, but equally uh, there are a lot of uh, people who um, are a bit conservative or a bit worried about putting their money into stocks and shares, don't trust them and don't trust that the, the, uh, if invested rightly, you will make money out of, uh, out of stocks and shares. I know uh, a number of people who have made a lot of money on long term investments. Uh, you can do you, you could do short selling, but this this type of pension or ISAs is all about long term and long term success is regularly paying to invest your dividends back into your um, into your ISA um, and, and, and try not to take money out of it. The critical thing is you don't take money out of it. This is a long term investment. This is for your future, for your retirement. Um, it's not something that you should be messing about with and taking money out of um and and that is one of the biggest problems um people need things and or they they perceive they need things and therefore they take money out and that's really not going to help your long-term retirement if you're taking money out of your ISAs uh on a regular basis um so i would say put money in regularly just ignore it maybe maybe check it every couple of months just to keep an eye on it um, two or three months. I think I'd check it three quarterly, three months, just to see what it's doing. I recently, I, I wouldn't advise this, but uh, regularly, but I actually recently changed my stocks and shares ISA to another company. I wasn't happy over over a two or three p year period that they'd actually um, been successful. Um, that was my perception. Uh, looking at the numbers, I've actually tracked them as well, and I've now got a spreadsheet that's, that's going to track them um, uh, more accurately than, than than what I was doing before. Um, I think it's important that you do track it. And as I say, I changed mine. It was a slightly different um, um, type of investment. So there are so many. There, there's there's so many types. There's high high risk, low risk, medium risk. There's contrarian investors. There's people that just invest in the UK, in global. Um, so I would say um, I've actually got two ISAs. One is a global fund and one is a UK fund. So that's diversifying and making sure that I'm not putting all my eggs into one basket. Um, in the UK, Brexit is happening um, or there's lots of uh, lots of things happening at the moment about Brexit and um uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty in the UK. Um, long term, I think it will be OK. Uh, I think we will work our way through uh, Brexit and get to a point. May, it might take 10 years um, to get the right level of um, investment and the right level of trade deals, etc. But I won't go too far into that. But essentially, I would say diversified, be able to uh, cover UK and maybe global. Or if you've got a particular country or region that you particularly want to invest in there are so many different options that you could have you could have emerging markets you could if you'd like like singapore or somewhere a little bit more volatile like maybe thailand um or th there are um, uh, so many different options for you so so make your, your choice wisely you maybe when you're younger you might want to take things slightly high risk um, in when you're uh, in your 50s maybe less so maybe then you'll probably be putting more money in 
Um, hopefully the kids are grown up and you get into your 50s or whatever and, and you can put more money into your investments and into your retirement fund. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that's what I would say about ISAs. The third one I want to talk to you about is property. So there's sort of mixed views on property in the UK. Um, I think there is money to be made out of uh, out of property. Um, I think the basics that you need to think about if you've got a deposit, or got enough of a deposit outside of your 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 actual investment that you live in. So if you're if you're fortunate enough to not be renting and own your own house, then you would have put a deposit down and be paying a mortgage on that. I'm talking more about property investments. So, um, so whether you're so let's just say let's just exclude your 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 living residence, uh, the place you're living at the moment, and think about uh, property as an investment. So, if you you are able to get a deposit uh, to be able to invest in another property, or you inherit it, perhaps. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You should really be thinking about doing a very, very simple. You now, there's there's so many layers or these sort of types of of properties that you buy. You might want to buy a particular type, a flat, a, an apartment, a studio flat, a house, a, whatever it is you might want to. There are options to buy, do up, and sell. Um, I would say that's a short, slightly short sighted, unless you're dealing bigger properties where there's bigger profits to be made. Um, I would say if you're thinking of investing in property, you should um, buy, but try and buy with a discount as much as possible, um, and then refurb it, make it up to speed, and then rent it out. Now, this is something which I'm exploring a little bit myself at the moment, so um, I, I maybe talk about this a bit in more detail at a later stage. But I think the basic in, uh, idea is that you can start getting rental incomes, um, which uh, which are long term. Uh, investment so at the minimum you could pay off your mortgage um, of your second property and then have the whole property uh, when you're older um, you there are some other ways of being able to extract um, uh, by remortgaging uh, and taking money out uh, that way um, so I think I think it's definitely something long term again I think long term investments um, on all of these, really, your pension, your ISAs, and your property, as long as you do it long term and you reinvest wherever you can and don't take too much of your, your, your the income that comes from that um, out and you reinvest it, then there's definitely long term money to be made. So I would say definitely um, think about that. Um, so... So property is a is a definitely the biggest problem is um, is getting that deposit and and if you've got that uh, in the UK it's about twenty percent it used to be it used to be a hundred percent mortgages uh, not that long ago probably about ten years ago before the oh eight oh nine um, depression um, so I would say that you need to um, get that deposit if you can there are different avenues of getting deposits it used to be banks would be the the, the primary place. Um, now there are now JVs you could have with partners. There is, if you went to property meetups and start speaking to people, there's definitely options. There, there, there are people out in this world that have money and don't know what to invest it in. So you could talk them into, um, investing in you in property and, uh, you have the responsibility if you've got the, the time to do it and they just invest in their money. 
Um, so there's there's definitely scope of being able to invest in property, but it's slightly changed now. Like the the whole whole ethos of 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 getting or sometimes not even getting a deposit, and 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 buying a place, doing it up, and then renting it out. Um, with that deposit issue is a lot more tricky. So I would say be um, be careful of that. Make sure you get the deposit. Make sure you, uh, whether that's from a JV partner, whether there's various types of loans you can get, even seed funding and things like that you can get in property, I would imagine. So I, I think um, if that, do your research, um, do, do more research um, because that's not an easy sell, but I would say it's definitely an option that you should consider. And so the fourth thing um, is investing in yourself. Um, so I would say there are various different ways. And, and, and this, is, this shouldn't be underrated. Investing in yourself is something that you, you grow long term, um, a better businessman, person, father. Um, depends on what you want to invest in yourself for, whether it whether it is um you want to be a better businessman in property or in stocks and shares or whatever it is, um, then there's different options that you can do. There's books. You can sit down and read a book. There are audiobooks. Um, audiobooks are really good. They're probably a little bit underrated, um, uh, but I would say I really enjoy listening to audiobooks. Um, there's podcasts. So it's along the same sort of line, but you might get a podcast from a Tim Ferriss, a Tony Robbins, a Gary Vee. Um, they're the sort of US people and, and they invest. It's all about investing in themselves. So um, check out audiobooks. Um, Audible is very, very good for me. I, I like it a lot. Uh, gives you uh, you pay an amount every month. Seven ninety nine, I think it is uh, UK pounds. And uh, you get a uh, you get one book, any cost of that book, uh, part of your deal. Um, so really, really good. I really like that. Um, a podcast. So yeah, so you can go into the podcast world. Um, there's mentors. So going out and finding a mentor in the particular area, whether that's a career, whether it's a, a business, whether it's a property, whatever it is go out there and find a mentor there's various ways of being able to do that sometimes word of mouth sometimes meetups um so there's definitely ways of being able to get that mentor um youtube uh i think there's lots of like even this this might inspire you to to do something so uh this podcast and this youtube video uh you might be inspired to uh to invest in yourself there are courses um, that is uh, sometimes funded by your company, sometimes that's funded by you. Uh, you. There are lots of ways you can do courses in property, in self-development, um, in being the best of you. Um, and then there's learning on the job. So all these things, learning on the job is probably something that people don't necessarily think of initially. But it's really a good skill to try and learn from your your uh, experience and, and 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 learn something new bring bring skills and experience forward to other jobs to other careers other other positions whatever it is so um really 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 important uh that you do that um and and you put that investment in um so that's the end of the podcast thank you very much everyone i'm just going to say a couple of things so check me out on twitter instagram very active on both of those at the moment um uh, youtube channel 
Um, there's all these podcasts that I'm now recording live. Um, there is also some of my earlier stuff, which are just quick snippets of ideas, thoughts, thoughts, ideas, and comments that I have. So do check them out. Um, um, so, so there are the places where you can find me. Um, equally, um, the first person. Um, so, so a bit of a competition for you guys. The first person who gives me a review on iTunes gets a free half-hour mentoring session with me uh, where we can sort of uh, touch base with some of the the challenges, some of the ideas that you have, um, whether that is part of your career, uh, part of um, sort of investments, or maybe it was about this, or maybe it's uh, self-development. So so the first person from tonight, when this gets released, um, that puts a a review on iTunes will receive a 30-minute uh, invest investment in your time uh, and investing in you. So, so look out for that. Um, I'll be keeping an eye out for that, and then we can arrange that. I basically we can then direct message um, some way, and we can arrange that. So that is uh, for everyone. Um, just a couple of bit of bits of feedback about the last uh, week's uh, podcast. Um, that was to do with no regrets and being what you're going to be remembered for. Um, a, a a comment that came through was that um, they really felt that the no regrets bit was was massive, and that that made a big impact on on this particular person. I'm so pleased that you're um, finding that helpful, and um, that whole idea of of just living life for today, um, then just making sure you act. Do it. Get out there. Meet people. Um, deliver to people services, products, whatever it is. Get out there and do that. So, thank you so much for those comments on 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 having no regrets. I do think that's a massive, massive thing for people. And um, what I'd hate for you to do is be listening to this and um, and use this as just a. Uh, as entertainment this should be inspiring you to be able to get out there and do more and be a better better you so so i would definitely say really think about this week um obviously think about the investments and any comments thoughts ideas you've got about that i would welcome it but just think about that whole no regrets piece um opportunities are there they will always be there um and so just grab them and always start moving forward. All right, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Um, I thank you very much for listening, and I will speak to you soon. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. It's hard to stay on top of it all. That's why ADP is here to guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise to help you navigate these complex times so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of changes in legislation. When you rely on us for payroll and HR, you're trusting us to help you take care of your people. It's what we've been doing for over 70 years, and that's not about to change. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people.